This is Making Stitches. This week, Lydia Wanham from the Apex Singers talks ball gowns and Christmas, and Emma Jones from the Vintage Sewing Box champions the mental health benefits of crafts. If I'm active doing something rather than passively watching television, it sort of helps me cope with any difficulties that I might be going through at the time. I think that's really why it's sort of dominated my free time, (laughs) taken over my life a little bit. (laughs) And that's the sort of message I'm spreading at the moment um, about this this craft. And it it goes for other crafts too. Um, I think, you know, that sort of meditative state that you can get into when you are doing that repetitive action of maybe just glue-basting the shapes or stitching them together or knitting or whatever it is, it's so beneficial and... I think it's important to to share that with other people. Hello and welcome to Making Stitches, a podcast celebrating crafts and the stories of the makers behind them. My name's Lindsay and this week I'm sharing two makers' stories with you, one which is slightly different from my usual kind. I'll be talking about making music with Lydia Wanham from the Apex Singers. But first, English paper piecing patchwork. In her blog, The Vintage Sewing Box, Emma Jones states quite clearly that she loves sewing. Emma specialises in English paper piecing and hand embroidery. Her Instagram page, also called Vintage Sewing Box, is a real delight, filled with intricate patchwork made in gorgeous pastel floral fabrics. It's only when you look closely at her videos and photos you can see just how tiny some of her work is. She's got her own YouTube channel where she shares insights into what she's working on and makes a point of checking in on her followers to make sure they're doing okay during these trying times. I caught up with her and asked her how it all got started. I actually don't remember a time in my life when making things wasn't part of my life. Since probably being about five years old, I've always been sewing I remember getting craft kits for birthday presents and you know the ones where the fabric has holes in and you have a big plastic needle I remember making things and giving them as gifts to people and it's really come from my mom and my gran because they are both knitters um, and I've done embroidery and crochet and things not quilters and not patchwork but you know most other things they've tried and I guess that's where I've got it from really and it's just been something that's continued throughout my whole life perhaps not so much in the teenage years although I remember doing a bit at school and um, at GCSE I did art GCSE and I really wanted there to be a textiles element to it So I actually managed to convince my teacher to let me do some printmaking on textiles and I used William Morris designs as inspiration and I also created cushions and things. So I kind of made my own work for GCSE, even though, you know, it wasn't part of it. And then after university, I got back into sewing again and had a go at making bags and I've tried everything really. So what was it that uh, sort of sealed the deal for you with your patch, patchwork? Because that's that's kind of dominates your Instagram. It's beautiful. It's so intricate. And when I've watched your videos, some of the hexes that you've made are just 
teeny tiny it's so precise yeah I think really over the last few years what I went to the festival of quilts and sort of got interested in quilt making and I made a few simple patchwork quilts just using squares and things and I made like lap size quilts and gave them away as gifts to people and then I just discovered English paper piecing and I discovered the shop sewing quilts and at first I always thought English paper piecing was just too time consuming for me because you had to cut out the paper shapes and tack them by hand before you sew them together but when I discovered the shop sewing quilt she had pre-cut um, shapes and a glue pen and that sort of revolutionized it for me I thought right this is doable I, I can have a go at this so I just started playing around with that and at the time I'd just um, become a mum and my son was sleeping quite a lot he's having long naps so I had more time on my hands in the day so I thought well I'll dedicate this nap time to having a go at some sewing and I start sharing it online and it just sort of snowballed and as well as doing I was doing a block of the month kit and then I started to get ideas myself for designs and played around with them and shared them online and just got a really great feedback um for my ideas and such a um, wonderful support from other people and it snowballed from there really <laughs> it was just really the encouragement from other people that sort of kept me going and gave me the bravery to share because I was always so nervous and scared about sharing online and what people you know, would think because it is difficult putting yourself out there and I still find it quite nerve-wracking now so yeah it's a big step because often these things are so personal to you aren't they when you when you've spent you've poured hours and hours and you've thought about thing projects for so long and and that step of actually putting it out there to to find out what other people think can be a bit a bit nerve-wracking yeah yeah it was interesting what you said about the fact that you you capitalized on nap time because I was going to ask you actually because the uh, I've got very limited experience of English paper patchwork um but I did have a go my I had a go making one for my a quilt for my firstborn and it literally I think he was about three it was going to be a pram quilt when I started it but he was he was well beyond the toddler years by the time I finished it and I was quite intrigued to find out how you'd actually managed to balance your crafting with the demands of having a young child because it's something that I found quite frustrating at times yeah it, it it is a balancing act I think the way I've managed to do it is through the nap time but also in the evenings I don't actually watch any television at all I'm just crafting all the time and part of the reason for that is there isn't actually much on television that sort of interests me anymore and um, the other part is I knew I had to just make the most of that time that was my free time and um, yeah I think that it's also helped me go through difficult times um, if I'm active doing something rather than passively watching television, it sort of helps me cope with any difficulties that I might be going through at the time. I think that's really why it's sort of dominated my free time, <laughs> taking over my life a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so it's certainly very therapeutic being able to focus on mm. something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, it definitely is. Um, and that's the sort of message I'm 
spreading at the moment um, about this this craft, and it, it goes for other crafts too. Um, I think you know that sort of meditative state that you can get into when you are doing that repetitive action of maybe just glue basting the shapes or stitching them together or knitting or whatever it is. It's so beneficial, and I think it's important to to share that with other people. So. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed in your your YouTube videos that you always kind of dedicate part of part of your video to you know reaching out to people and letting them know that they're not alone if they're having a difficult time at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's um, something that's so important that we do at the moment, especially now. Um, you know, it's a, it's a difficult time for everybody, and I want people to feel like they're not the only one that's that's going through it we've all got something at the moment haven't we that's that's difficult and um crafts can bring us together and i really value that community that can be built online if we haven't got that community in real life at the moment then at least we can create this and share ideas and support each other online it's so important how would you say that your crafts have helped you this year, specifically dealing with all the lockdown and, and the, the isolation we've all had to experience? Um, I think it, the, there have definitely been times when things that have been going on in my mind have been so overwhelming that you know it's been difficult to concentrate. And for some reason, being active and... Do, physically doing something just gets me out of that headspace and focusing on I mean that's part of the reason why I like the tiny Patrick it's like just focusing on the tiny tiny details just seems to distract me from worries and calm my anxiety because I, I do have anxiety um so I think that's how it's helped me and also when we went through the first lockdown, I did some live Instagrams where we were doing, it was just like a, a sit and stitch and chat to people live. And again, sort of creating that community has definitely helped me through that time. And I really hope it's helped other people too. I'm sure it has, really, because so many people belong to groups in real life in in the times before this year, and we yeah. can't we can't go and mix with our fellow crafty friends anymore, can we? Other than virtually, so yeah. I think, and I think the, the the benefit of having the online community is your geography doesn't matter at all. You can be connected with people all over the world, really. Yeah. Absolutely, and I actually wasn't part of a craft group or anything like that before this year and part of the reason why I was sharing what I was making online was to make friends and get to know other people I was doing that block of the month and so I thought oh I'll find other people who are making it too and we can sort of cheer each other on and yeah that's where it comes from I think it's so important isn't it to connect with others and find people who have that same passion as you do without a doubt now, I've just watched um, a video that you made a little while ago of your, your brand new craft room, which looks absolutely amazing. <laughs> what, are, what would you say are your goals for, for what you're going to create in there? Well, I've been creating um, some patterns and sharing those this year online, and I'm hoping I can do a bit more of that in the sort of coming months. 
and it, that really started from I made myself something and other people said oh that's great is there a pattern for that can you make a pattern for that and that encouragement got me started on that path and really that's the way I want to go forward in the future if I, if I can and I've also been um, putting together some kits and things for people so really I was in a tiny room before so it sort of became apparent this year that um, maybe I need to move into this lovely big room and um, we were able to do that. So that was really nice. I'm so lucky to, to have this space. But I do spend a lot of my time in it, so it's it gets well used. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, of course, we're, we're in the run-up to Christmas now. Um, I, I, do you have a huge pile of things that you, you're making to, to gift and, and, you know, pass on for Christmas? <laughs> Well, currently I'm making some um, Christmas decorations that are going to go, you know, for the tree. And I'm making patterns for those to share for free with with people. And I'm hoping that that I'm going to be able to gift some of those uh, um, to friends and family. I always want to make my son something. So I would like to squeeze in trying to make him a quilt. I don't know if it's going to be possible. It won't be a hand-stitched one. It will be by machine. But, uh, yeah, every year, and for his birthday as well, I try to make him something. It's it's so important to me that I do that. It's it's so enjoyable to make for other people, isn't it? Absolutely. So hopefully I, I can squeeze that in before Christmas. <laughs> and what about for next year? Assuming that uh, life can maybe return a little mm. bit to normal, what what are your craft goals for next year? Well, I'd really like to experiment a bit more with creating sort of art pieces. So last year, when I really got into the tiny patchwork, I created a small hexagon piece called Mabel's Garden, and it was in memory of my gran who passed away last year. And I shared the steps of that online and I combined the tiny piecing with embroidery and I created this piece and I showed my dad and my dad said, oh, that's actually really artistic. (laughs) So, oh, thanks, Dad. (laughs) That's kind. And anyway, after a lot of encouragement, I ended up entering that piece into a local art uh, competition. It was the Lancashire open exhibition at a local art gallery and it actually got selected to be displayed in the art gallery and that absolutely just took me by surprise I never expected such a lovely response to my piece and the art gallery is actually somewhere that my gran um, used to go to a lot and it has a cafe in there and she'd love getting the latte in there and sitting and looking at the artworks and just by pure coincidence they displayed my piece in the cafe because they put the pieces all around the the gallery and mine mine happened to be there it was just um yeah it couldn't have it couldn't have meant more to me so since i i did that piece i i didn't sell it i've, I've got it at home i'm keeping that forever um I would like to sort of experiment with um, more art pieces and seeing what I can do. Uh, I have so many ideas and I have not scratched the surface with those at all yet. So I think I'd like to dedicate some time to creating those and maybe seeing where that can go. Oh, that's really exciting. Really exciting. What a lovely story about your, your piece, Mabel's Garden. That's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. 
yeah it was um totally unexpected and yeah it was so so special to me I'll, I'll never forget that and yeah it just it just meant so much I got goosebumps when Emma spoke about the quilt dedicated to her gran. What a beautiful story. Thank you, Emma, for sharing it. Now, if you'd like to see Emma's work, just look for Vintage Sewing Box on Instagram and I'll include a link to her website in the show notes for this episode. And now for something completely different. I'd like to tell you about a group of young people who create the most amazing music. They're called the Apex Singers. Their music is beautiful. It's a cappella singing, the kind that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It's just magical. And I was lucky enough to be able to see them in concert back when we were allowed to do such things in March as they launched their new album, Hiraeth. Very soon afterwards, though, Britain went into lockdown and their album's promotional tour was cancelled. That didn't stop them making music, though. They recorded new arrangements of songs in isolation and they now have a special Christmas performance lined up for next month. Now, I know this has nothing to do with my usual subject matter here on Making Stitches, but I wanted to give their concert a plug because just as for so many artists and performers, they've been really severely affected by the restrictions we've all faced this year and they're taking a financial risk by putting this concert on and they need all the support they can get. So I asked if one of them would like to come on the podcast to talk about their upcoming Christmas concert. Lydia Wanham was volunteered for the job on the basis she once sewed her own ball gown for a university ball. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I definitely like something I enjoy. And yeah, I made a ball gown. And it's nice to like be able to actually make something for like a special thing for uni where you feel like you've designed it nicely yourself. Absolutely. You must be a pretty dab hand if you manage to pull off a ball gown. That's a pretty advanced project to be working on. Yeah, I was quite surprised, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, we're not speaking today about um, your, your sewing. It is about your vocal group that you're involved with, the Apex Singers, and your plans for Christmas. First of all, can you tell me, Lydia, a little bit about the Apex Singers and how it all came about? Yeah, so the Apex Singers is a group that was set up by Ollie Lambert um, like a year and a half ago now. And we perform a cappella arrangements written by Ollie himself. He's a composer as well as a director. Um, and what we've been doing recently, so in March we released an album of folk music. So the idea was to like give old folk music that's kind of been lost to time um a new like lease of life and show its new audiences basically so that's what we were doing um in march launching that and then over summer we did isolation arrangements because we couldn't go on tour and then we are bringing back our christmas set from last year interspersed with isolation arrangements so that'd be nice Now, I was lucky enough to be in Manchester at the launch of your album in March. Yeah, amazing. Which just happened just before everything just shut down. That was that was such bad timing for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit. um, It was a bit gutting, really, because we were looking forward to doing our tour, and we had um, we were meant to be going to Glasgow and to London and doing a live lounge of Scala Radio. So we were really looking forward to it and then suddenly 
but everybody was looking forward to like lots of different things so you know we're all on the same boat but yeah uh, but yeah. it's, it's particularly hit people who are involved in the arts, hasn't it? Because yeah, it has any hard. outlets for that have just been closed. Now, you mentioned that, you, that you've, you've taken part in some isolation arrangements. Tell me a bit about those. Yeah, so basically when we had our tour cancelled, um, we just wanted something to like make each other keep in contact because um, we knew we would be able to sing for quite a long time. So... Every two weeks, we released a new arrangement written by Ollie, and then he would send them out to us. We'd learn them, record them at home with our like makeshift um, recording setups, and then send them back to him, and he'd put them together into a track. And we released these videos once every two weeks. And I think we had 10 in the end. It was quite a lot. And then Scala Radio were playing them as their little premieres every two weeks which was really really lovely and it's kind of a nice way to bring us all together and like get a new audience like yeah it's nice to create during a time when like you feel like you're apart but then you're kind of together at the same time which is nice it has been quite a remarkable time aside from the difficulties just the the fact that creativity will out there is a way to find a way through and, and still connect um now what this this concert that you've got coming up tell me a bit about it so it's going to be from the Stoller Hall in Manchester, which is a beautiful venue. It's really, really gorgeous. And we've wanted to perform there for quite a while. And the tickets are on sale now from the Stoller Hall website. And the concert is going to be available to stream from the 12th of December. Marvelous. So we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be Christmas festive favourites. And yeah, just some really, really catchy music. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity because nobody can actually get out to any Christmas concerts themselves at the moment. So it's a, I guess it's a way of being able to still get the Christmas vibe, but within the, uh, the comfort of your own home. Yeah, absolutely. And we're also excited for it as well. It's the first time we'll have sung together since March. So we're just so excited to get in the same room and like socially distance, of course. Um, so it'll be different, but it's going to be so, so nice. I can imagine having waited so long to get back together. Yeah. And yeah. of course, the wonder of it being on the internet means that you don't have to be in Manchester yourself to be able to enjoy it. You can you can see this from anywhere in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be available to anyone who has Wi-Fi and um, anytime, anywhere until the end of the year. So, yeah, you can watch it as many times as you like if you have a ticket and at any point. Oh, that's marvellous, Lydia. I wish you the very best of luck and hope you sell you loads so of tickets and and that being able to reunite with your fellow singers is everything that you hope it will be. Oh, thank you. So if you would like to see the Apex Singers Christmas concert at the Stoller Hall in Manchester, which will be online from the 12th of December, there's a link to the website where you can buy tickets in the show notes for this episode. And if you'd like to find out more about the Apex Singers in general, and I really recommend that you do, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And I, for one, can't wait to see that concert thank you very much for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast please consider liking subscribing or even leaving a review on your favorite podcast app jojo did just that on apple podcasts 
saying listening was like enjoying a cuppa and a chat with friends. Thank you very much, Jojo. That's all for this week. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode of Making Stitches featuring another inspiring maker. My name's Lindsay and this podcast was recorded and edited by me. You can also find me on my blog, Postcard from Gibraltar. Thanks again for listening and until next time, keep safe and enjoy your crafting. Thank you.